The following podcast is provided by Athera Pharma and Answers for Elders Radio. And welcome everyone to Answers for Elders Radio Network. And we are here working again with Athera Pharma. And we are so proud to be working with this organization because they are basically a clinical research research organization that works with the top doctors based on um, memory care, memory issues like Alzheimer's, dementia, uh, you know, Parkinson's disease, anything that has to do with brain um, functionality, I guess, is probably a better term. And, you know, I'm kind of like the most lucky person in the world in our industry, because I get to interview some of these amazing doctors that they work with. And um, guess what? You're going to all get to meet one of them today. And he is Ms. He is Dr. Michael Mega. And you're with the Senator Center for Cognitive Research. Is that correct, Dr. Mega? Uh, hi, Susan. Yes. Uh, Center for Cognitive Health in Portland. Cognitive he- Health. Yeah, I'm, I'm a cognitive neurologist and I specialize in uh, disorders of thinking. Uh, so it could be from head trauma. It could be from stroke. It could be from degenerative brain diseases. Yeah. So yeah. in general, thinking issues are my cup of tea. Well, you know what? I, I think we all need a lot better intellectual or thinking wellness. And there's obviously there's a lot of things that we think about as we're starting to age of, you know, <clears throat> what's the difference between natural aging, obviously, and how Alzheimer's and dementia kind of creeps into our world. And you're kind of the expert in that. So Dr. Mega, I'm so glad you're with us on the show today because I love going back to basics. And a lot of times we talk about, you know, all these different functions like, you know, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and all these different things. But really, um, I love that you're willing to kind of break it down from the beginning and tell us a little bit about, you know, how do thinking uh, issues happen, and how do you tell the difference? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, many people who come to my clinic uh, worry: Is what I'm experiencing now part of normal aging, or is it right. the beginning of something worse? Mm-hmm. And so, what we do is try and help them understand uh, the difference between normal age-related memory problems that we right. all get and the beginnings of Alzheimer's disease. And here's a simple example. So uh, Alzheimer's disease, for example, uh, has a distinct memory issue that is called a failure to learn new information. And how do we see that unfold in our lives compared to normal age-related forgetfulness? Okay. So when we go to the store, if we have the list of the items in mind, and we simply can't recall the last few things because we forgot our our list of of, uh, shopping items at home. That's me. (laughs) That is normal age-related memory problems (laughs) to simply be forgetful. Mm -hmm. However, if we ask the same question to our spouse over and over again, and they're giving us the answer, but yet we cannot learn what that answer is, that is abnormal. So the failure to learn new information is what we call amnesia, the inability to encode new information, which is always abnormal and completely different from the simple forgetfulness that happens Mm -hmm. with normal age-related changes. And so 
You can do this on your family and friends at home by simply giving a list of unrelated words to them uh, for them to encode. And so uh, it can be um, words that are uh, just simple category items, nouns like apple, baseball, Chevrolet, rose, belt, blue, and have them at least repeat those words after you over three trials. Mm -hmm. A normal person will first come up with two or three of them on the first trial, then after the second trial, four or five of them, and then after the third trial, pretty much all of them. Mm -hmm. And then after a delay, you can fill in some other uh, fun things to do that we like to do, like, for example, some mental math uh, or uh, a quick test that's very sensitive is naming as many animals that you can think of in one minute. And wow. most people with a high school education at the age of 75 or older can come up with at least 18 animals in one minute. Mm -hmm. And they have to be different animals. Um, this is a very good test of language function and the speed of processing in terms of searching the lexicon of where words live in our brain. Yeah. And then after you've done that, that's called interference for the learning test, ask them what those list of words that you gave them were. And the normal 85-year-old will come up with seven of those words. If it's under three, that's abnormal. But you haven't answered the question of whether forgetfulness is the cause of not recalling those words versus the failure to learn new information. Yes. And so you figure that out by giving them category clues or multiple choice clues for the words that they did not spontaneously recall. So, for example, the words I gave apple, baseball, Chevrolet, rose, belt, blue. If those, let's say they didn't come up with any of them, you give them a category clue. One of the words was a sport. Oh, a sport. Mm. It was either baseball, basketball, or football. Pick one. Right. Oh, it was baseball. That's it. Yeah. So that means that the information got in but they just needed help pulling it out, which is what's called a retrieval deficit or forgetfulness. And that's normal for aging. Another of the words was a make of automobile. Oh, Chevrolet. Oh, see, you prove that the information Good was encoded, but it just wasn't able to be pulled out. So yeah. that is the difference between normal age-related forgetfulness versus the failure to encode or learn new information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even in your 80s or your 90s, you should always be able to learn new information, even though you can forget or have problems retrieving it. Absolutely. So that's, that's basically the difference between age-related memory impairment versus the failure to learn or encode new information. Wow. And wow. so that's how we determine the type of memory problem that people might be experiencing in the clinic. Yeah. Furthermore, yeah, yeah. for dementia to be present, we have right. to ask a family member whether or not the person's function is so impaired that they are no longer safe living by themselves. Mm -hmm. The failure to be able to live safely independently is the definition of dementia. Dementia is not a disease. Dementia is a functional state of being able to independently 
exist, pay the bills, mm -hmm. do the shopping, not burn down the house and keep the right. shysters at bay. And so if a person cannot safely exist independently, that then is the definition of having dementia and dementia right. can be caused from vitamin deficiencies, stroke, uh, tumors, head trauma, Alzheimer's disease, or Parkinson's disease. Sure. So many people, when they come to the clinic, they say, oh my gosh, dementia is Alzheimer's disease, isn't it, Dr. Mega? And I say, no, no, <laughs> yeah. dementia can be uh, caused by a reversible thyroid problem mm -hmm. or a mm -hmm. reversible nutritional deficiency. Mm -hmm. So you can see that dementia is a legal term of incompetence versus the various causes for it. Interesting. Interesting. And obviously with different forms in the way you test people, you can kind of determine probably in an initial evaluation, okay, this person, this is normal aging, or this is specifically Alzheimer's um, disease. And obviously then there's the whole other side of it with this Parkinson's disease. And then there's a different form of dementia that can be common with that. And that's called Lewy body dementia. Am I correct on that one? Yes. Very good, Suzanne. You've been doing your homework. I see. <laughs> well, I would hope so, but I'm certainly, I know enough to be dangerous as they say. <laughs> so as you're treating someone and going through that, um, you know, obviously an initial diagnosis is important, but, uh, you know, the treatments are very different, but I'm sure that there's also some commonalities where you're talking about cognitive decline, um, you know, different things. Could you give an example of how those manifest in each one? Uh, like if they do have a progression of a disease. Very good. Uh, so in people who have Alzheimer's disease, uh, the characteristic of the cognitive um, profile is quite different compared to people who have Parkinson's disease, whereas Lewy body disease is sort of in between the sure. Alzheimer and Parkinson's spectrum, right. so that a patient will have kind of a blending of the cognitive issues that are seen in Alzheimer's and in Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. But let's just separate Alzheimer's from Parkinson's very clearly. In people with Alzheimer's disease, we see prominent problems with the failure to encode new information. As we said, that's the definition of amnesia. Whereas mm -hmm. in people with Parkinson's disease, it's a, an exaggeration of the normal age-related failure to retrieve information. They will encode it. In fact, sometimes I have in the word list that I give my Parkinson's patients, them calling me up the next day and saying, oh, oh. One of the words I forgot was baseball and Chevrolet yeah. and belt. And I go, yeah, that's good. Because what they have is, is an exaggeration over the retrieval deficit. Mm -hmm. They encode mm -hmm. the information, but they have problems even worse than normal aging, retrieving that information. Right. The other thing that distinguishes them, the, and this was a classical uh, distinction that was done decades ago, is that Alzheimer's disease is considered a cortical dementia because it also affects our visual spatial function and our language function. Whereas Parkinson's disease is considered a subcortical or deep in the brain, what's called the basal ganglia, a subcortical dementia because it has a failure to retrieve information and also a slowness in processing thoughts 
as well as a slowness in problem solving. Just like Parkinson's patients can be slow motorically, they also are slow cognitively. And so consequently, a subcortical dementia, Parkinson's disease, distinct from a cortical dementia that has prominent visual spatial problems and prominent language problems in Alzheimer's. So those oh. two are distinctly different. That's good. And we're going to talk a little bit about the treatment for the disease and also about a special trial that we are running or our Ethera Pharma and uh, Dr. Mega are, is a part of. And for those of you that are interested, please go to, and I'm going to give some websites out, www.lift-adtrial.com. That stands for lift hyphen AD, like Alzheimer's disease, trial, T-R-I-A-L.com. Or you can go to um, HTTPS colon double slash, and then it's shapetrial.com. And Dr. Mega and I will be right back right after this. The preceding podcast was provided by Athera Pharma and Answers for Elders Radio. For more information about the Alzheimer's clinical trial, go to atheraclinicaltrials.com. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform. <laughs>